Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Uh, from Genesis to Revelations, the words, uh, the blood are kept before our eyes. From Genesis to Revelations, uh, it's seen in Genesis chapter 3. It's seen in the book of Revelations as well. And so because the blood is kept before our eyes, the scripture wants us to be mindful of it. It's a reminder of the blood's importance and significance to God and to his people. So there's an importance uh, and a significance that uh, we sh all should take uh, hold dear to our hearts. It's important and significant to God, and it should be important and significant to us. Uh, the sacrifice, uh, the sacrifices of Abel, of Noah, and of Isaac, the Passover lamb with Moses, the giving of the law, the Levitical priesthood all came to pass, but not without blood. Hebrews 9 talks about that. They can put it up on the screen. Hebrews 9 and verse 7, the blood symbolizes cleansing and purification. Also nourishment of all cells and all organs. And it carries out waste. Thank you, God. Hebrews chapter 9, but into the second part of the highest priest, one alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people, for their sins committed in ignorance. And so the priest had to offer a sacrifice of blood for himself and for the people. And so we need to see that uh, from, a from Abel all the way to the Levitical priesthood, we had to see bloodshed. And Jesus is that lamb slain. Glory to God. He's a type of Abel killed innocently. He didn't do wrong himself. He gave up his life. He's a type of Isaac that laid on the altar. Uh, he's uh, a type of Noah. Glory to God. That his whole house was saved as they entered into the ark he is the ark actually Moses was put in we, we call it a basket of bulrushes but the Hebrew word for bulrush is the same as ark thank you God saved in the now because he was in the ark and if you get in the ark Jesus is the ark I don't care what's going on in the world you will be saved and I just decree that and declare that all over the world. You can be in any sorority. You can be a part of any club. That's not going to save you. Get into Jesus. Jesus saves. To the uttermost, Jesus saves. He will pick you up and turn you around. Hallelujah. Come on. Jesus saves. Preach that. Tell it from CNN to MSNBC to Fox News. Yeah, Fox News too. Tell Fox News that Jesus saves all of them. Headline news from the head to the tail. Jesus saves. Publish it around the world. Make sure everybody understands that Jesus saves. I don't care where you are or what you're doing. Come on, Bloomberg News. Tell everybody that Jesus saves. Thank you, God. There are three characters that I want to rise up in your soul. The first one is Noah, who worked for God. He built an ark, ark for the saving of his household. And every person who has faith, you got, you got to have faith to get this message that I'm preaching today because I'm going to awake your faith. You need faith to see what I'm saying. And Noah, by faith, the Bible says he moved with haste by faith. And build an ark, something that no one had ever seen before. Build a boat and it's never been rained. Build a boat, no rain. Build a boat, 120 years to build it. People laughed at him, just like they laugh at us as we do what God has called us to do. As we set a course for our family and our pedigree that's coming behind us to leave a legacy. 
They're supposed to laugh at you. People are not supposed to be friendly with Christians. Not like you all are expecting today. Like you're supposed to be friends with everybody. No one is supposed to talk about you. If you love Jesus, it's going to cause. Jesus said, I will send a sword in the midst of the land. If you start talking about him, they're supposed to say, I don't want to hear that Christian stuff. That's how they're supposed to say it. But after a while, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Well, it is the power of God. You keep doing it, keep saying it, and eventually those same people that are criticizing you, the Bible says he will make your enemy your what? Footstool. That means they will praise you. They will lift you up. They will elevate you. It doesn't mean you put your foot on their neck. A lot of believers want that. They want their enemy to be their footstool and put their foot on their neck and grind them to fine flour. But that's not what he's saying. He will cause people who don't like you to have to clap their hands and salute you when you come in the room. And they will lift you up. Your enemy will have to lift you up. Let me decree some things right now in the name of Jesus. Your boss don't like you, but they got to promote you because God has his hands on your life. Good God from Zion. Somebody need to catch that because it's coming right your way. They don't like you, but God put something in you that's going to make them surge you. Thank you, God. And when God anointed, hallelujah, I believe it's in the 10th chapter of the book of 1 Samuel, when he anointed Saul, glory to God, he changed him into another man. And the Bible says, and this is what Samuel told him, and you shall go on forward. Thank you, God. In other words, you're not going to fall back, but you're going to move forward with this anointing. Glory to God. The donkeys that your father lost, they will be found. That means your money is going to get right. And this anointing is going to cause, this anointing is going to cause your funds to get right. Glory to God. And you shall go on forward. Touch your neighbor and say, you will move forward. Thank you, Jesus. Not backwards. You're moving forward. This anointing is going to push you forward. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And then he says, and they will salute you. <laughs> in other words, some, sometime God will anoint you in such a way where your enemies got to lock their heels. And give you a salute. They don't like you, but they got to do it because that anointing is on your life. Thank you, Jesus. And I just decree that over you in the name of Jesus. Don't fight your enemies. Feed them with a long handle spoon until God make them salute you. Thank you, God. Woo, Jesus. Clap your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Somebody's going to get a promotion. Thank you, Lord. I'm dropping it. Ah. Thank you, God. Noah built an ark for the saving of his household. The second person you need to see is Enoch. He walked with God. He walked. Noah worked. Enoch walked. And we need to walk with God. The scripture says he walked with God until he was not. Till he was not seen in the natural. And we're supposed to walk with God until people don't see our old ways anymore. Our old ways of doing things. You're supposed to disappear in that world. Not show up in the world. And showing up in God's kingdom. You're not seen in the world. But very visible in the kingdom of God. God never, never lost sight of Enoch. Only natural people couldn't see him. He was translated. And you and I, it's the same word that Paul picked up. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We are walking like Enoch until we're not seen in the old world anymore. Thank you, God. So when the enemy wants you to act like you used to act, say, that ain't me. Say it, say it just like, it ain't me. It's okay to say it that way. Say, it ain't me. That's right. I'm not a part of the old world. Amen. And when the enemy wants you to try to be dual enrolled. <laughs> you got to renounce some old ways. Come on. It used to me, but it's not me any longer. I've been translated into a new kingdom. Glory to God. God bless Enoch Clark, senior and junior. God bless you. What a name. What a name. 
And what a mandate. You got to walk with God until no one can see you. Wow. Wow. Project Enoch. Project Enoch. My brother Enoch spent many years out of the will of God. And we stood in this sanctuary and called his name. And God arrested him. And brought him into the kingdom for such a time as this. Put a smile on his face. Turned his life around. Can the church say amen? And if he did it for Enoch, he can do it for you. If he did it for Enoch, he can do it for you. If he did it for him, he can do it for you. If he did it for her, he can do it for you. Put your faith in God. He locked him up. Snatched him out of the fire. Changed his life around. Got one of the best hearts in our ministry. Always loving, always helping, always correcting, always blessing people. And if he did it for him, he can do it for you. Thank you, Jesus. He told me the other day, he said, if you need to use me or my life to help other people, I'm willing to do something. Somebody got mad one time when I was speaking about my brother. What kind of man would do that? They don't understand our relationship. But why would you get upset? Yeah. You, you, you stay out of it. Mind your business. Take care of your own business. Let me handle this business. <laughs> I married this couple and the young man uh, you know, I was rebuking him one day. He, did, he wasn't doing right. And somebody got mad. What kind of pastor would do? They don't know my relationship with the man. You ever seen someone correct their kids and other people get mad? You don't know my relationship with my own. Sit your behind down. Let me handle mine. You handle yours. Thank you, Lord. So Enoch walked with God. Noah worked for God, but Abel worshiped God. His worship was so unique that it brought God into the arena and it caused God to smile. It said God was pleased with this sacrifice. The boy was young and tender. He was the second uh, son of Adam and Eve, uh, a type of Christ, who offered up the firstlings of his flock. But his older brother, his elder brother got upset with him and killed him in the field. And his blood seeped in the soil. The scripture says the blood screamed. The blood of the young boy screams. It's, and any time there's a death, especially a murder, the blood is screaming. You can't hear it, but there's a vibration. There's injustice. And God won't rest until it's corrected. Thank you, God. And uh, the passage here tells us that there is a mediator in Christ Jesus of a new covenant and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood that Abel's blood spoke. Which tells me there's a tie with Abel's worship and Jesus Christ's mediation. Thank you, Lord. One of the reasons why we worship God in spirit and in truth is because his blood speaks. It's not just shed. Write it down. It's efficacious. You hear me saying it all of the time. It cleansed then. It's cleansing now. And it will cleanse in the future. So even if you get saved, people say saved folk. They act just like the world. But the difference between the world and saved folk is that they're covered under the blood. They may act the same way, but they believe in the blood. And God says, if you are tied to me and you ask me for forgiveness, I'm faithful and just to forgive you. You are now my child. The world may say, I don't see no difference. I don't want to go to church because all of them are the same. No, they're not. Your child may do this. My child may do that. But my child has my name. I may know a lawyer. That you don't know. I may have some resources that you don't have. And because they carry my name. And the favor is on them. I may be able to get them out of their mess. 
That's how God is. He loves everybody, but he has some with his name written on their heads. Good God from Zion. He covered them with their blood, and they did the same thing. But he has a way of snatching them out of the fire. Good God from Zion. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? Thank you, God. The blood of his son is speaking. And I'm praying that as I teach, you will begin to hear the vibration of his blood screaming on your behalf, pleading to God for you. Good God from Zion. It's right there in the word. It says his blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Thank you, God. And so we have Abel, we have Noah, and we have Enoch. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than you think. Hear the voice of the blood. Number one, my debt is paid through the blood of Jesus. Say my debt is paid. My debt is paid. Glory to God. Your debt is paid. You don't owe anything to anybody anymore. You are debt free. You are debt free. You don't have to pay for anything you did in the past if you appropriate the blood. Let me correct this. Pay your bills on time. I didn't cancel that. Pay your bills. Pay your bills. I don't believe in that religion, that Christian religion that cusses out the bill collectors. The devil is a liar. If you bought it, pay for it. If you use your credit card, pay for it. It'll help you. Your digital credit score is your digital character score. Pay your bills. Amen. Pay your bills. The Lord spoke to me in uh, 1989, 1990 about coming here. And then I felt led in my spirit. I didn't say God told me to come down here. So I went and spent $5,000 on an, uh, what's that bank? Starts with an A. It's not American Express. Um, Bank of America, that's it. My first credit card came from Bank of America. And I had a $5,000 limit on it. I thought I was living in luxury. I, I, uh, I was kicking it. Since he told me that he was sending me here, I moved on my own. And bought all type of music equipment. Spent $5,000. Came down here and ran a street service on U.S. Uh, uh, University Boulevard. Right across they had some place. I forget. It's a library now. But it used to be a place where all everybody was hanging out. And uh, what was that place called? Utoba? Utoda? You told them? You told them. <laughs> You told <laughs> I was bold. I had my own generator. I had a lighting system. Uh, I had musical equipment, drum set, microphones. I had my own flags flying. I had generated my own lights. I was doing it at another level. Touch your name and say, I'm on a new level. That's how I came in this city, on a new level. The first night I preached, a man came from those apartments and said, I don't know what you're preaching about, but I want it. I laid hands on him. He gave his heart to God. And while I was praying, Holy Ghost said, but I didn't send you now. What are you going to teach him? Only what you know now? I need to pour into you before you can pour into them. I don't need you to learn as you go. I want you to learn before you pour. Gave me a revelation of, Genesis, of, 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 of Psalm 23. And I will prepare a table before. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. He anoints my head with oil. And my cup runs over. I realized that I didn't have an overflow anointing. 
I wasn't full myself. You don't minister to people through knowledge. You minister to them through the overflow. First you need to be poured into, then you can pour out. And you can keep pouring if there's an overflow in your life. If it's not, eventually you're going to get tired. Thank you, God. I had to shut that down. And I said, Lord, I made a mistake. But that Bank of America card, can you handle it? Please. Please. I prayed for one week, two weeks, three weeks. Please. No answer. God, I'm your servant. I did it because you put it in my heart. No answer. A year. You know what I realized? If I need a credit score to stay right, I need to pay that bill. I continue to pay minimum payments, but there's a demon called minimum payments. He taught me a lesson that I'm teaching you today. Don't you move until provision shows. You can have faith all day. Write it down. But when you move and you're spending money, you need to make sure there's provision. I had to pay that bill. It was the greatest lesson ever. Through that process, he straightened out my finance. And that's why I can speak to you about finance. Thank you, God. Worst thing you could do is preach to people and you got a raggedy credit score. Thank you, Jesus. But when that credit score starts getting right, you'll preach with more strength. I'm just telling you the truth. So you're debt free, yes, but pay your bills. Number two, say I'm justified. The blood of Jesus is speaking. I justified you just as if I'd not sinned. Just as if I'd. Just as if I'd justified, just as if I'd not even sinned. When he put his blood on you, all of what you did is washed away. Not some of it. All of it. You want to know why we become fanatics in our praise? Because I don't have to pay no debt. And it's just as if I'd. Like I was never lost. I'm not an orphan. I'm not alone. He loved me that much. My God. He cared about me that much. I'm trying to pour in that man that said, whatever you got, I want some. But I didn't understand justification yet. When I learned it, I will. That God is not angry with me because of what Jesus did. You remove Jesus and I'm going to show you what God looks like when Jesus is not on the mountain. You don't want to be where Jesus is not. Even as it relates to God. Thank you, Lord. Number three, I am forgiven. Say I'm forgiven. This is Ephesians 1 and 7. I have redemption through his blood. I'm forgiven. He's alive. He's alive. I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. We just had a young man. Actually, he's an older guy now that died in, uh, by lethal injection in uh, Alabama this week or last week. Did you all hear about that? Now, he wasn't even the one who pulled the trigger. He was just an accomplice, but they gave him the death penalty. The man who pulled the trigger is still alive. And there's some injustices in this world. I don't know how a man can die for a sin or a crime when he didn't actually pull the trigger. And you feel safe where? You hanging out with who? Once you, you can go so deep in a situation where all those buddies you're running with, they're gone. They get lost. I don't know the man. I don't know him. Especially when your life is on the line. 
You want someone who's willing to give their life for you. I only know one. I only know one. I only know one. I remember when I was a young boy, I used to be the voice of the unheard. So if someone was doing injustice to someone around me, I would be the one to say, you shouldn't do that. I guess I got it from my daddy. Uh, we were in a tent revival when we were little boys, and the um, uh, preacher was preaching, and I went to sleep, you know. And uh, when I woke up, <laughs> when I woke up, my mama was on the floor and, and screaming at me, telling me to get out. I said, get out? Get, I'm supposed to get up. <laughs> That's what James Brown said, get on up. I, what do you mean, get down? <laughs> She was on the floor, like on her belly, and said, get out, get, you know, she, I was like, what's, what's wrong with you, what's wrong? <laughs> well, someone came in the, in the gospel tent, was upset with his wife, trying to pull her out, and so a guy, you know, they got into a scuffle, he pulled out a gun and shot. Honestly, this actually happened. The guy that he shot at, he missed, the guy took the gun from him and started beating him with it, all in the church service. So my, my mom, <laughs> I slept through the whole thing, just like some people sleep through the whole service. I slept through the whole thing. That's why you got to be like Jesus when you're in a storm. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Don't worry about what happened. <laughs> I'm covered under the blood. And my mama, her face was all disfigured. <laughs> I said, get out, get, I said, what did I do, what did I do now? <laughs> anyway, I got down on the floor and it was dark and the preacher was still standing up. I looked up at him, he didn't even flinch, he was in the dark with his hands raised like that. And it was pandemonium in this place, man, it was going crazy. My mom wanted her boys and children close to her. Anyway, the man was beating the guy, and my dad walked up to the man and said, you, sh you know, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't beat him like this. And the guy gave him the pistol. Like, just, okay, gave him the pistol, and he walked up there and gave it to the preacher. Okay? I guess I picked that kind of thing up, because if, if somebody's being mistreated and I'm around, something in me rises up. Today, you got to be careful, because... You try to take up for some ladies when the man is talking to her like that. She may, and you, you push him, she may jump on your back and scratch your eyes out. I, I don't know. I don't know. We're living in some changed times, man. Oh, my God. But I had this tendency to do that, you know, to, to take up for people that are, that are mistreated. And... Um, and sometimes it can get you in trouble, you know? But that's just who I'm made to be. And that's why I can't go into certain segments of the society because I would be the one saying you shouldn't do that, you know? And then the young boys may want to slap me and beat me down and all of that. Then we got another problem, you know? <laughs> because I ain't taking no whooping. So that's not, that's how that works. Everything stops. I switch just like that, just like that. I have that ability to shift. Some people are always the same. I have that ability to shift. <laughs> so God knows that. That's why he saves us, right? But one of my uh, classmates was being abused by an older guy. He was just like slapping them up against, the, and we were little boys. And I said, you don't have to do that. And uh, we got off the bus from school, and the guy was older, and so he came up on me, and he, he slapped me, you know. But he was bigger and older, you know, and I took it and everything, but nobody helped me. <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? I could have kept my mouth closed and said, you know, just go ahead and slap him upside the head and just and walk down the street. But I said something. You shouldn't do that. He said, what? And he slapped me upside my head. I was like, wow. <laughs> but inside of me, I shifted, right? That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Shift. Years later. <laughs> years later. 
I'm a man. I came home, and I came home with pyro. In other words, I, 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 when I walked down the street, I, I shot pyro. Like, it lit up the whole street. I found you. That's what I was saying when I was walking home. I found you. It doesn't even make sense, right? I lit up the whole street from a military bit. Pow, poof, poof. I found you. I, I was walking down the street. I saw this man, and I almost shot it into him like pyro. I, it came to me. Take him out. It's like, man, I need to be saved. Jesus, save me. Save me for me. Save me. When I saw him and he came on me, shoot it at him. That's what came to my mind. He had no clue about who I'd become, right? I would be sitting in jail today, maybe death row. It came to me like, like somebody put a coat on me. Take him out. Like, what kind of mind is that? I wasn't raised that way. That's why we need to get back to Jesus. And I realized somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. And I'll probably be the one paying for it. I thank him for saving me. I'm forgiven. Say, I'm forgiven. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I want to go back to Hebrews 12 because I did a lot of talking here, but I want to show you a contrast between Jesus, a mountain with Jesus, and a mountain without him. Mm. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse 18, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word would be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even the animals touch the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrible that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. The man who God chose was so afraid of the way God descended on Mount Sinai without Jesus. That even the man, his servant said, this is, this is unusual. I want you to think about the one who saw him. This is, this is Moses who saw a burning bush. And he investigates. And when he gets there, God says, take your shoes off of your feet. The ground you stand on is holy ground. I'm sent, I've heard the cries of my people by reason of their taskmasters. And I've come down to deliver them. It's an Afrocentric gospel. Eurocentric says, this is John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's a loving family who hears that message. But people who are slaves need to look at Exodus 3. I've heard the cries of my people by reason of their taskmasters. And I've come down to deliver them. And I'm sending you as a mouthpiece. But I don't know what to say. I'm sending your brother Aaron to be your voice piece. He will be the one speaking. You will be as it were God to them. Thank you God. Well, I don't know what to do. Well, what do you have in your hand? I have a rod. Cast it down. It turned into a serpent. Now grab it by its tail. It turns into a rod. Stick your hand in your, in your clothes. Pull it out. It's leprous. Put it back in. It's made whole. The God that works these miracles are going to work through you. Now think about the introduction to God. I'm the God of your fathers. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not of Israel. Of Jacob. He uses Jacob's name because he's telling Moses, Jacob was imperfect. And I still used him. And I'm going to use you, though you're imperfect. Thank you, Jesus. For those of you that think you have to be perfect to be a believer, no, you need the blood of Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. He'll make you perfect. Thank you, God. 
Years later, Moses goes in and delivers the three million out. Now he brings them, months later, he brings them to Sinai. But the way God shows up now, and you see it here in Hebrews 12, the mountain is shaking, glory to God. Not a bush shaking, the whole mountain is quaking. The scripture says there's darkness, there's gloom in their storm, and a trumpet blast so loud that it's causing their ears to bleed. The commandments are so strong that even if an animal touched the mountain, they had to stone it. There's no love there, just power. Even Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. And I want you to know that God brings us from that so he can take us to this. And the only thing that separates us from that mountain is the blood of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? From Sinai, from Sinai, look at verse 22 to Zion. Verse 22 says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyous assembly. Now, Sinai is a huge mountain. I had the opportunity in 1999 to climb it. And it took three hours to get to the top. And uh, at least two of those hours were on the back of a camel. So I don't know what it would be like if I had to walk the whole way. All I know is when the sun rose and I looked down, all of those little mountains looked like little holes little hill holes and it scared me it looks like the cloud I could I was so high that I could touch cloud and it was tough the last hour it was so steep my legs were burning because of climbing up and when we were coming down there was a Jamaican lady who was there from Jamaica who had white shoes on church shoes and she walked that whole mountain up and she walked it all the way down because her shoes were bent and it made me cry because I could tell she just wanted to be there. But she didn't have the proper shoes to climb that mountain. I know her feet was hurting, but she was just clapping her hands. Oh, God. She was just clapping her hands like she met God. And there's some people, their faith, man, pushes them to a whole nother level. We can't handle a little, a little storm. But when I saw the way that lady was walking, when the sun rose and she walked all the way down, it just touched me. Thank you, Lord. I'm sorry, y'all, man. And I've been to Zion. I'm sorry, I've been to Mount Sinai, and I know it. And hearing that scripture and seeing the way God descended on that same place, in the Sinai Peninsula. The way he did it. Where even Moses who climbed the mountain said. I'm, I'm afraid of the God that I'm serving. Thank you Lord. He wasn't a friend to Moses then. Thank you God. But the Bible says you're not there any longer. Because of the blood of Jesus. You don't have to climb Sinai. You don't have to put on shoes that don't fit to go there. It's not going to make you closer to God. What makes you close to God is not that mountain. What makes you close to God is the blood, hallelujah, that was shed on Calvary. But you and all of you and those that will hear this message have come to Zion. That's the place that David ascended to. David never climbed Sinai. But he took the Ark of the Covenant to Mount Zion and put a tent over it. And God loved Zion more than he loved Sinai. Because David looked at the Ark of the Covenant. Moses created it. But David said, what if that box of gold, which represents the presence of God, could live inside of us? That's the revelation he got. So I tell you what I'll do. I'll put a tent over it, which represents flesh. 
and tuck it on the inside, which represents God living inside of us. And I'll praise him right there. And God said, this is what I always wanted, a man after my own heart. A man that looked beyond the, the external and all of the rituals and the ties and the, and, and the rings and the chain. And see that I really want to live in you. I really want to be inside of you. I don't like making you angry and afraid. But the only thing that can temper God is the blood of Jesus. Thank you, God. And when Jesus shed his blood, God transferred all of that wrath to his blood. And when you covered under the blood of Jesus, he's not angry with you anymore. That's why he can say in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion. That is God's authority, his kingdom authority and rule. Anytime you see mountains, you need to see kingdom and rule. And on Zion, there was kingdom, but it's a kingdom of law with no mercy. But now we're at Zion, glory to God, a kingdom of authority and God's rule. He has enough light to make sure you're warm and you can see what you're doing, but not like the sun that will burn you to a crisp. Just enough light to lighten your path and to keep you warm when it's cold, but not going to kill you when you look in his face. Thank you, God. He took us from that to bring us to this all through the blood of Jesus. Not only do we have a mountain called Zion, but we have a heavenly Jerusalem, a city of God, the place where God dwells. So God is in the midst of us and we will not be moved. David writes in Psalm 46, God is my refuge and my strength. My very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Not like Moses who quaked every time God showed up. But David realized I could be in his presence. If I praise him, he won't kill me. If I praise him, he'll show mercy. If I glorify him, even though Moses never saw that kind of God, I can eat the bread that only the priest could eat. If I praise him, when I enter into his gates, I need to enter in with thanksgiving. And when I go into his courts, I need to go in with praise and to be thankful unto him and bless his name. For he is God and he is the king of his people and the people are the princes of his pasture. And he will always love his people if they learn how to praise. David discovered it glory to God and God transferred his glory from the tabernacle to Mount Zion the tabernacle used to be smoky then the cloud the Shekinah came to Zion and it stayed there with David Glory to God. And God says, you're not to go back, church folk that want to go back to long dresses and go back to no earrings and rules and regulations. God wants you to start stepping into the 21st century now and let God be God. You're on Mount Zion. You're free to worship God. Let him deal with the hearts of men. Let his fire burn inside of men. I don't need a camcorder trying to find you. I just need to find the blood of Jesus. And if I find the blood of Jesus, everything is yea and amen. Glory to God. So get off your perch. Stop pointing at whole segments of society saying they deserve to be dead. No, we need the mercy of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not only did you come to the king, the, uh, the kingdom called Zion and the heavenly Jerusalem, but you came to angelic assemblies of God. Angels upon angels, the scripture said. Thousands of angels upon angels. And each one of them are assigned to fight on your behalf and to minister on your behalf. For every demonic spirit, there are two angels. Two to one. You can't lose if you get with God. Glory to God. I said you can't lose if you get with God. Watch this. For every problem, God has two ways he can work things out. 
When Lucifer was cast out, Jesus said, I saw him fall as lightning. And one of the first things that he said in his heart, everything that God loves, I hate. And he loved for God so loved the world. That's why the devil fights you so hard because he can't stand that God loves you. You took his place. And he used his curl of influence and pulled down one third of the stars. His tale of what? Influence. He influenced other demons to believe that they can win with him. And you think he's not a formidable opponent? You think for some reason that you can combat with the devil without the blood? When he was able to fool and deceive one third of the stars to follow him. Yes, Lucifer, we'll follow you. And they followed him to their doom. But what you need to understand for every demon spirit, for every demon spirit, come on, Thriller, for every demon spirit, I can thrill you than any Google that would dare try. You, for every demon spirit that's trying to thrill you, there's two angels that God has to fight on your behalf. And that's why we give him praise. And you can release the angelic host. And in the name of Jesus, I release the angelic host over your people, God, to fight on our behalf. They're here, hallelujah. They're with us. And there are more that are with us than there are that are against us. And they're fighting against the coronavirus. Every time you step in a situation, he's there washing you when you won't wash yourself. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. In this corner, we have Lucifer and his demon spirits sitting there, the demon of depression. Sitting over in that corner, ready to take you out. But in the red corner, we have the solutions fighting <laughs> on your behalf. Come on and give him praise. They're fighting in the red corner. Come on, hallelujah. They're fighting for you in the rig. Glory to God. Send it around the world. They're fighting for you in the red corner. Glory, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Not only do you have angels fighting for you, but verse 23 says the church, you are now in the church of the firstborn. And that means he has a house where Jews and Gentiles can combine into one house. It's the firstborn. Never has there been a house where all peoples are welcome in the presence of God. He came to his own, but his own didn't receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to be called sons. You're in the church of the firstborn. There was never any church or assembly like this one. And there will never be one like this one. Stick with the church. Do not listen to the voice of this age that says you don't need organized religion. You need God's system in the earth. And it is organized. It is organized. It is not chaotic. It has kingdom rule. And you must come under the kingdom rule if you're going to be successful in God. Don't listen to the voice of this age. You're not the first generation that heard it. In the first century church, second century church, third century, the devil, that same Lucifer, they call him Slewfoot. Uh, they call him all, the liar, Beelzebub. He has all of these names that he introduced himself. They introduced, he's called Legion. Belial. Glory to God. Judas. This is how he revealed himself through the ages. Absalom. Glory to God. Ahithophel. He has all of these names through the years, glory to God. And what he does is come into those generations with bad counsel to pull you out of the ministry, to pull you out of God's system. Do not listen to that. The blood is on the church. The blood is on the church of the firstborn. The blood is in the corner fighting on your behalf. Don't listen to the voice of this age. You need Jesus. And Jesus is in the midst of the seven golden lampstands moving into the midst of the seven churches. Where is Jesus in the midst of the seven golden lampstands? John said, and I saw one as I was on the Lord day, carried in the spirit, and I saw one standing in the house of God in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, one likened unto the Son of Man. 
So where is Jesus? He's in the midst of his church. Glory to God. It is Zion. Hallelujah. And you need to migrate to the church. Don't let viruses push you away from the house of God. This is where you need to be. There's safety in the ark of God. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. People are going everywhere and they don't want to come to the house of God because they're afraid of a virus. Let the virus push you to Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm not angry, y'all, but I feel it. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, God. I feel empowered. I feel empowered. Come on, I feel strong. Come on, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You should be saying that too. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Doesn't matter what you're dealing with. I'm done with this message. Let me just prophesy. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter how many people hate you. It doesn't matter who came against you. If you're under the blood, there's power in the name of Jesus. Let me decree and declare right now. You are the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. As long as the blood is in your life, glory to God. There's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, turn it into a praise in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I feel empowered. Lord, let it rest on your people. Let this empowerment rest on your people. Come on, you're sick in your body. You need a touch from the Lord. Make your way here. If you're unsaved, want to be saved, make your way here. You need us to touch and agree quickly. Make your way to the altar. God wants to touch you. I want you to be empowered. Push out and get here, right here. And let us pray with you. God's going to turn some things around. That's right, baby. Come on. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing. Come on, son. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on. There's in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I see it. I see it. I'm going to rise above it. Through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. It has been a real joy to share the word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. No amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you. This ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.